everybody. Welcome back to a very special episode of Who's Your Band? Um, my co-host, Sean Morton, uh, he's not here with us tonight. He's at the Kings of Leon uh, concert tonight. But joining us for this episode are three comedians who have all been guests on the show before. So we're welcoming in uh, Bob Levy, Pat Dixon, and Ken Kranz. How are you guys? Killer. How are you? <laughs> Thank you guys so much for doing it. Um, so what we're going to do on this episode, folks, is we're going to talk about uh, the passing of Charlie Watts. You know, uh, I think, in my opinion, this is the end of an era. Uh, Charlie Watts passed away this week at the age of 80. And I think it's kind of interesting because he just pulled out of the uh, Stones upcoming tour, but it was only supposed to be temporary. You know, um, the band they even issued a statement that they were kind of like still looking forward to his return and that Steve Jordan was just going to be kind of like filling in for a little bit. So my my first question to you guys is, is, is it still the Stones without Charlie? I don't think any band is the same once they lose somebody. You can't say it's uh, still this. It's 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 a replica of the Stones, but it's not the Stones anymore. It's like any other band, the Who. The Who is not the Who when Keith Moon died. That's a great. Well, great. yeah, I mean, Keith Moon is, yeah, a great example of when they should have, like, uh, you know, maybe done a name change or something, you know, because, like, he was so important to that band. The rhythm section was everything to that band, you know. Now both of them are dead. But, uh, you know, if, sometimes you have to carry on and still be the band. I mean, otherwise, there wouldn't have been a Stone since, like, 1969, mm -hmm. you know, after, uh, after they lost... Uh, you know, a founding member there. Brian Jones. Jones. Yeah. yeah, I think it's the time of when it happens. If it happens later on, like, you know, 20 years into it or whatever, it's not the same. It's not, it's definitely not the same. If it happens early in a band's career, you're like, yeah, they just got to, you know, people get thrown out of bands, people die early. It happens with a lot of bands, you know. Uh, Def Leppard, you got people in the band dying, you know what I mean? It still goes on. One guy lost his arm, and he's, you know, still going on. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What's up with Charlie Watts? Fucking, you know, gold bricking now. You know, I mean, the one guy lost his arm. This guy's going to quit just because he's dead. I know. It's but, sad. Uh, it's you know, sad. I think with it's Charlie sad. Watts. So I, I think that that whole announcement was simply to kind of get people acclimated to the idea of losing, you know, uh, one of the Rolling Stones. Charlie. I mean, usually people know that they're going to die. Uh, yeah. And I think that was what it was. You know, they knew like, it's just, you know, he's, he's too close to being dead. Yeah. Uh, you know, it might as well just, you're not going to be able to make the tour. So we'd also don't want to come out and say you're dying. Cause I mean, you know, nobody wants that. I don't, it's not the kind of thing a no. private guy like Charlie Watts would and, want. So and what they looking they handled it. They were asking if Ringo Starr had another son that played the drums too. I heard. Yeah. <laughs> that's a wild. Speaking of the who that's a wild story that uh, you know that, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Zach Starkey was uh, he, he was Ringo's kid and wanted to learn to play the drums and yeah. Ringo wouldn't teach him because he knew he wouldn't listen to his dad. Yeah. So Keith Moon taught him how to play the drums. He said, now Uncle Keith, Uncle Keith will teach you. Yeah. He said. You know what they could do? They could have hired both the Soupy Sales sons. One of them plays the drums. The other one plays rhythm guitar. It'd be perfect. Mm. <laughs> I like that, though, that you got Keith Moon to teach him. You know, he's like, okay, this is where the dynamite goes, right? <laughs> <laughs> this you know, is how you in, step on the gas and go into the pool. <laughs> but in, in 2004, though, um, 
Charlie Watts was diagnosed with throat cancer, right? And he he did go into remission. You know, he went on and played. Um, but when he died, you know, there was there was no real cause. Like, I don't know if you guys heard anything, but I certainly haven't. You know, any you know what was the, what was the reason? You know, what, what did he die of? So it brings up you know it raises questions. Did, you know, did you know did the cancer come back? Did he have cancer? Or like you said, Bob, you know, was it something that they were trying to like ease? The people into, but I don't. I didn't get the feeling that that he was that imminent in dying because he, because no. they had made an announcement he wasn't going to be on the tour, and then really within two weeks he was gone. Yeah, I mean they, he's old. He's old. They, they just announced that he wasn't going to do the U.S. leg of the tour, and that yeah. he would rejoin, I, I guess, European dates. And he still is. They said no. <laughs> no he's, that's the one. That's the weird thing. What a trooper. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, I more thought it was like a, a way of, uh, you know, Charlie had his privacy, you know, like, like, but a lot of times people are dying. They don't want it. You know, they don't want the whole world, like, you know, getting all tabloid obsessed with their dying and shit. Mm-hmm. So I think it was more to protect his privacy. But yeah. I don't know. You know, maybe maybe he did drown in the pool, you know, uh, or some shit like that. You know, all of a sudden, maybe maybe he choked on his own puke. Yeah, that's always the he, way to go. He was an interesting guy, though. I mean. He he's it was just really Charlie, Mick and Keith who played on all 30 of the Stones albums. And he, he you know, like, you know, you know, you guys are all music guys. You know, uh, Bob, your your son, you know, is, is an, uh, he's an amazing musician. Um, but, he, you know, he really wasn't a guy who uh, really liked rock and roll early on. In fact, he had said at one time, um, he said, I never liked Elvis until I met Keith Richards. Uh, The only rock and roll I ever really liked was uh, when I was young was Fats Domino. Um, He was a jazz drummer. He was a jazz musician. And he was a jazz musician even when he was with the Stones. He had his own jazz band at one point. Those are the best drummers to have, truthfully. You know? Yeah, yeah. All that, of the, all, all the great drummers seem like they were jazz drummers in rock bands. That's that's very yeah, true. Good. It wouldn't have it wouldn't have been really appropriate to have like a wild ass sort of rock and roll drummer like Keith Moon and the Stones yeah. anyway, you know, because they always had a cooler vibe. Yeah, it's yeah. a beat. He keeps the beat. He was he's bet you know Ringo kept the beat, but he was a little more you know what I mean. But he didn't go crazy really on songs. That maybe a few of them. You would stand out. You would listen, but it's a, it's a band thing. And when when you're a band, it's all about the sound that the whole band makes. You know what I mean? Perfectly together. So you just need. He just did his job. He was fucking great. The best story I heard about him was uh, Mick Jagger called his room because he was late, and he goes, "Where's my fucking drummer?" And he came down, and he punched Mick in the face, and he goes, uh, "Remember, you're my fucking singer." And, and that's when uh-huh. I punched him in the face. And he goes, you, you're my fucking singer. Don't ever say that again. Yeah, so, I, they said that it was um, the best part about that was that it was a fight. It was a call at five in the morning <laughs> when Mick knew Charlie was going to be asleep. And 20 minutes later, a knock came at the door and Charlie was clearly like showered and shaved and in his finest suit. So he like got out of bed and put on a suit to go knock out Mick Jagger, which to <laughs> me is the best part of the story. That makes him a legend. 
the way I yeah. heard that story was uh, they were at a rehearsal or something. I mean, maybe it was a different time, but um, they, there was a disagreement on. I don't, I don't know if it was an arrangement of a song or something. And then uh, Charlie put it, put his input in, and Jagger said, uh, hey, "Listen, no one's going to listen to you. You're just the drummer." Oh. And then that's when uh, Charlie Watts, you know, punched him in the face. But to mix credit, he forgave him. And, you know, I think that's pretty cool. Like, he never held any grudge or anything about you that. You can't. You can't. Hey, you're you're, in, you're in a band. You're in a group. You're, you're a team. You're a team. You're going to fight. You know what I mean? You fight in comedy. You're a troublemaker. You know what I mean? Because you stand up for your rights. In a band, you fucking have to be together as a group. Okay? Or it doesn't uh-huh. work. You know? That's why we work alone. You know, we can't be around people. Your, yeah. I, I, I couldn't get anybody to show up for band practice, so I started doing stand-up. But, uh, you know, like, Pat, you the drummer like has such a ghost. huge... He's got the green yeah, no, behind so weird, right? That's What the he's, fuck is going on with you? He's got the green Isn't shirt, cool? uh, Charlie. Charlie's yeah. got the green <laughs> shirt, so it's going to like... Look- into Charlie Watts. Yeah, you look like you an early you MTV video. Charlie Watts. <laughs> That's a kind of like the emotional rescue, rescue video. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking. <laughs> uh, this all photo is actually. Watt. We know that he died. This is the after picture, you know. So, uh, he looks good for eighty. I mean, eighty years old. That's a long life. I don't give a shit what people say. Oh, he died. You know what I mean? I can't believe it. people get shocked. You get shocked because because you you've heard about him all these times. But eighty years of his life, you know what I mean, was amazing. And what a life. What? And what a life. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it's a long life, 80. If I make 70, I'll be fucking happy, okay? And I never got to punch week, Mick Jagger in the face. You're not even 70 yet? Oh, you're shut kidding. up, Pat. <laughs> I'd, be behind his, I'd be behind his green shirt, you prick. <laughs> you know that Charlie Watts sketched every hotel room he ever stayed in? Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's so yes, cool. He did weird he did little habits. That was a weird thing. He's kind of like a weird guy in that regard. Yeah, um, boring ass collection of sketches. But but you know what? Going back to what Bob said about um, you know, it's like yeah, eighty is a great life. But you know, for all of us, we've never known our world without Charlie Watts in mm-hmm. it. And and so to me, it, it kind of feels like this is you know that this one hurt a lot. Like yeah. when Bowie died, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, it it just yeah. really felt like the end of something. Yes, it's only the I'm I'm not embarrassed to admit it's only the second time I cried like when a great artist died. Mm-hmm. Pussy. First oh, one being Hitler, of course. Last one was, uh, <laughs> I was, was Amy Winehouse. No, Amy Tom Petty was, was, was the one that got you. That one got you because of the fact that I think he could have lit. You know what I mean? I think didn't something get messed up or something, and that's and he like if he would have went and got. Uh, more help or something like that, he would have been okay. It wasn't like a he took crazy too much thing. drugs. Yeah, is that what it fentanyl, is? Right? You see, that's a stupid Without thing. To do. Well, it's like, I think you're getting that mixed up with uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the guy, guy from the Eagles, Glenn Fry. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I mean, he, he wasn't right that now. old. He, he was only in his like late sixties. See, that's you what. Know, it, yeah, I mean, you know, Pat's in his late sixties, and to lose him now, it would be scary to lose. Uh, I know for crying out loud. I haven't even used to it already. The ghost of. Yeah, get used to me being dead. Yeah, you cry, Ken, when when what's the name when Glenn Fry died? No, no, when Glenn Fry died. Remember, because it was like Bowie died, and then you were like, "Holy shit!" And then Prince died not long after. Oh yeah. 
Right. And then it was like Tom Petty and Fife Dog. And by the time they got to Glenn Fry, you were like, eh, it's mm-hmm. not as big of. I, I lost it when David Cassidy died. All those memories of the Partridge family just <laughs> fucking hit me all at once. Of masturbating to a to a young new old uh, David Cassidy when Bob was a young boy. Oh, God, what I can send is I would Glenn lose Fry a lot died, of milk to that guy. Wow, these rock stars are dropping like fries, and I got I got yelled at on Twitter, oh. but I thought it was funny. It's <laughs> pretty fucking back. funny, actually, dropping <laughs> like fries. Going yeah. back to kind of anti Asian almost. Going back to Charlie Watts, though. I mean, he he wasn't like um like a showy. Uh, you know, percussionist. No. You know, you you had the showman really in Jagger. You had you had the charisma with Keith uh, Richards. But you know, but what Charlie Watts was, he played a basic drum kit. You know, he didn't have a lot of crash cymbals. He didn't do a lot of twirls. But you know what he did? He kept them. He kept the machine going. You know, he 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 kept he kept you know the stones, the beat moving. And I don't know if anyone here ever played the drums. I used to play the drums. Um, drums get tired, you know, if you're doing like long shows or you're doing multiple sets a night. And the older you get, I mean, this guy's going to be in his 80s. Yeah. You know, the drummer's a guy who's working the hardest in the band. Um, his stamina was incredible for his <laughs> I age. He looks like he he was he's being born out of a fucked up vagina. <laughs> I'm trying to get it right. Yeah, that's pretty close. There it is. Right, I'll go with this. Right. So yeah, I can see where you get tired. I mean, it's it's a very it's a, it's it's an athletic sort of a job. You can't you know it's probably harder to be a junkie. But you're right. I mean, behind uh, behind those guys, what you know what you, you you really don't need a showman back there on the drum kit. And he did some cool things. You know, the beginning of Honky Tonk Women. I still can never fucking exactly. I don't know if that's easy to play, but it doesn't. It see, I can never get it in my head like exactly how that cowbell interacts with those opening, you know, snares. You know, it just it's it's like uh, it's it's a real work of art. His playing his playing style was sometimes you know you hear, you hear about um, musicians who play uh, with power. And then you hear musicians who play with feel and Charlie mm-hmm. Watts, I think completely played with feel. And like, like a song, like, like hunky tonk woman, Brown sugar, beast yeah. of burden. You know, these are songs that I think, you know, like other drummers can play them. But yeah. There was something unique about the way Charlie played. And I think that uniqueness was when he, you know, he played with a style where he would kick in the beat first mm-hmm. with his foot, with the bass drum. Mm-hmm. And then with a slight you know, delay, you know, he come in with the snare. Um, other people can try and play it that way, but it's not the same. And when Keith Richards said, you know, a lot of drummers rock, but they forget about the role. I yeah. think that's mm-hmm. the role that he's referring to. Yeah, listen to Street Fighting Man. I, I love Good it song. on there. I love the drumming on it. I love I love the song. I love everything about that. You know, everything is like perfect on that song. And that was recorded yeah. on a toy drum kit I just read. Really? Yes. Like a portable fold-up drum kit that you could put into so like for jazz musicians mm-hmm. when they used to have to take the train and shit. It was recorded on a little portable fold out wow. toy drum set and um an acoustic guitar and that's why they were never able to get the sound exactly right live uh, with yeah. that song that's crazy I, I never heard that i think another song that stands out is satisfaction mm-hmm. and it's, it's a crazy beat it's like four on the floor and it's it's a snare and then a kick 
But again, that's an example of that driving, driving sound. Like, you know, it's, it's just moving forward. There's no backbeat to it. It's just moving, moving, moving. And that's what he did as well as any drummer who I think who's ever you know lived. That's everybody's favorite moment in that song is, you know, when when you have the break there, you know, hey, 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 it's the best. Yeah. So I, yeah. I don't know what this means, but I read that his secret was every drummer played on the two and the four and he played on the one and the three. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know what that means. Well, it's the beat. So it'd be mm-hmm. like, you know, you know, one, two, three, four. And, that, you know, and, and, and so he played on, on the first beat. So he'd be like one, two, three. And that's yeah. where that beat would be. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me ask you guys this. Um, in your eyes, what is it that made Charlie Watts unique? It was that he was, it's like we said, it's that he he wasn't showy. He he knew yeah. he was, I mean, that's why you never heard him do a drum solo on record or if you saw them live, he never did a single drum solo in his life. And it was because, not because he wasn't good enough to, but it was because he like, he was good enough to not have to, I yeah. think. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. That's a great way of saying it, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and everybody hates drum solos yes i mean really you know <laughs> nobody's like, like tune in extra hard on that you know nobody's like it's it's they're they're boring immediately you know and and i think that uh he's pragmatic and it would be a good quality to assign to him you know he's like very you know level headed and the, he's a, he was a good balance provided a lot of balance for the group and I, don't, I mean i don't know how unique that is as far as being a drummer but he, he certainly was a perfect fit for the group he didn't stand out like he didn't stand out when you have Mick Jagger, you don't need someone to stand out. You know what I mean? Truthfully, you don't right. you don't need someone to stand out. You want you want to focus on that band to be on Mick Jagger. You know what I mean? You want the sound. You want him uh, Mick to be able to understand what he's doing with the drumming, with the band is being powerful in a certain way, but not all over the place. Like a Keith Moon. Imagine putting Keith Moon in the in the, in the stones. Imagine if they had, it wouldn't fit at no all. Word. It would be a, a totally, it would be a, it would, these songs would mean nothing today. You know what I mean? I actually read a quote from Pete, Pete Townsend released a statement. Pete Townsend did this album with um, the bass player from Faces, Ronnie Lane. He did this album in the early 80s called Rough Mix. Mm-hmm. And Charlie Watts is the drummer on the album. And Pete Townsend just released a statement saying Charlie Watts, the best drummer he ever played with. Which for a guy that played with Keith Moon his whole career, that's a pretty fucking giant statement. Because he made his job easier. You yeah. always want to work with somebody that can make your job easier. And 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 it's not that they have to suck. They have to be really good. If they're really good, they're going to make you look better. It's like with comedy, with people before you. If you have, if you have shit before you, you're not going to look as good because people go and they go, oh, it was okay. But when you have somebody killing and everybody kills, it's a fucking great evening. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Hey, I mean, like, the, the, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say you didn't enjoy the seventeen-minute drum solo by Peter Chris, oh. where he Peter constantly Chris, kept on toms. Uh, no, I, I, I don't even like the, the one in Moby Dick. 
you know, it's that's that I don't even like. It's, yeah. it's, it's all too long. But I mean, like you want, I like drum solos if there's a, a beat going the whole time. You know what I mean? If they're if they're doing one of those things where there's like a rolling snare, you know, mm-hmm. and they kind of branch off and shit like shit like that's kind of interesting. It sounds like a machine. I like stuff like but stuff where it's got a complete stop and you know, it's like uh, I, I could do without that. But that's interesting to hear Pete Townsend. It was Pete Townsend that said that. Is that yeah. what you were saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, Pete Townsend also says like uh, that he's glad the fucking rhythm section's dead, so he can finally play the guitar properly. So I mean, like he's he's sort of a <laughs> yeah. uh, kind of he's a, such I, an asshole. I got a question. I got a question. Uh, did, Ken, did you cry when Ed Asna died today? A little bit. I yeah, I got. I got. No, I had no idea Ed Asner was still alive. I was shocked to find <laughs> that out. <laughs> it's like the stones have been my favorite band since i'm 13 yeah. and it just mm-hmm. it fucking hit me it sucked but i will say that um steve steve jordan is the absolute right pick to to fill his shoes you know what um, i am happy for steve jordan that, yeah. that he's getting this opportunity because um He's, it, he's a fucking great drummer uh, in his own right. And he knows all those songs. He's the guy that Keith Richards uses mm-hmm. in the expensive winos. And he knows all those songs. Wouldn't it be cool if they, if, I mean, Ringo was the drummer, truthfully, now, like, you know, if they put Ringo in, you never was, know. There was, there was like this hypothetical that was thrown out there of Paul and Ringo joining, you know, because they could use a bass player, you know, and joining the, <laughs> you know, the Stones. What do you think? Mick and Keith are never going to cut up the money with anybody yeah, else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no Johnny that, come latelys in that. No, band. of course not. No. I mean, Daryl Jones is to watch happen at least like one time at like a rock and roll Hall of Fame type of yeah. uh, thing, a concert. Mm-hmm. Or but there'll be, but there'll be no more official Rolling Stones added ever. You know, what I mean, no, even no. even when. Uh, I, I forget the I, I the bass player left so fucking long ago. I don't even Bill remember Lyman. his fucking name. Oh, yeah, Bill, 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 Bill Lyman. And no, Daryl Jones, Jones has roast, probably you know. been in the band as long or longer than Bill Wyman was. Wow. And he'll never he'll never get made an official. Jesus. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, Ken, I think Wyman's last tour with the uh, Stones was Steel Wheels. Um, Steel Wheels. So that was like 88, 89. Yeah. Right? Yeah. OK, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been about almost about the same exact amount of time, if not longer. Oh, they God didn't make Ron Wood an that. official member until 20 years into his tenure. <laughs> like Ron Wood was just a salary dude for for 20 years on all those tours. Now that's 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 crazy because people just identify him more with the Stones than they ever did. Oh yeah, with the I didn't like you Rod said the, you said the name of the other bass player. I didn't even know know that name. Yeah. I yeah. you know Bill Wyman. Oh, I know. Yeah, he's still the bass player to me. I mean, I. I would not even know he wasn't in the band, truthfully. I mean, yeah. most people that aren't huge, you know, you, you guys are huge. Some of you are huge Stone fans. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I listen to it. I don't get, I don't, I don't do a lot of research. I know they're good and that stuff, but like in a lot of bands are like that, but I would not know that Bill Wyman was not in that group, truthfully. And I, I, I like rock. I like music yeah. and I fucking, I, 1989, you're kidding me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, a guy like Bill yeah. Wyman, you know, he, he he's you know he he reminds me of of um of another bass player named John Deacon, who was the bass player uh, in Queen. Queen. Where like 
out. They, you know, it, it was over. He walked away, wrote a lot of great songs. But, you know, to this day, Bill Wyman is still collecting royalties on yeah. everything. Every time they tour and they're using the Rolling Stones name, he's an equal partner. And so he's getting he's getting uh, money off that. Some people just opt for like the simple life and don't need the limelight. Well, he's not getting the songwriting money. I mean, that's all, you know, glitter twins, you know, right. I mean, I don't, I don't think he gets any no, of that. He's, like, I don't he's know. Get, he's getting the merchandise. He's getting the name licensing. Sure. You know, so, and, yeah, he's doing, he's doing fine. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and no, not, no need to and start up another for group. Over 30 years. So we don't have to you get know? him a GoFundMe. We don't have to get him a GoFundMe. Okay. Um, so what, no, no. so what songs stand out to you guys as, you know, where, where, you know, would you say, you know, he, I don't think Charlie Watts ever took over any songs, but what songs really like stand out to you? Sympathy for the Devil. With him. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, Get off of my cloud. Yeah. The drums that's a, in the that's beginning a good of that. Song. That's yeah. huge. Well, in a different vein, you know, uh, emotional rescue you mentioned before. That's got a nice beat. I know it's like a disco beat, but I mean it's 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 still such a for some reason the drums are important in that to me. Yeah. And he was a master of all. I mean, like name any Stone song almost, you know, and it's got some great moment with the drums, you know. I mean, even mm-hmm. Jumping Jack Flash or anything. Even the late, even the late era stuff. There's there's interesting drums on all. There's a song at the end of um oh shit, what was that? The Bridges to Babylon album. The very last song on that album is a Keith Richards song called "How Can I Stop," and it's a straight up jazz song. And um, he plays, there's some incredible like jazz flourishes at the end of the song. And um, like nobody's ever heard the song, but it, in my opinion, it's one of his best moments because it's it's probably the, the closest he came to playing what he really wanted to play with that band. And what was the name of that song? It was a later uh, Stone song, Something of the Night. Undercover of the night, yeah. The drums on that are in the beginning, like staccato drum beat sounds like gunfire. Right, 1983. Yeah, it's that's later (laughs) in in Stone's world. (laughs) That was sort of like the first. That was the first album that wasn't a Stone Cold classic. A lot of which a lot of people. I think that's later in '83. That that's that's like '83, '84 for sure. That really, holy shit! Yeah, that was. I bought that one on vinyl. Wow, I so used that, to love that's, that. that's that's what well, that's after Tattoo You. Yes. Yeah, right. follow up to Tattoo You. And I thought it was great. I thought Undercover was great. You listen to those songs now, they hold up. I want to hold yes. you is one of them. That's yeah, it's a too great much blood. Too. I was just hot. listening to Too Much too Blood much. today, and it's fucking it's it's a hilarious song with an incredible it's beat. Bizarre song. Yeah. Very unusual song. Yeah. It's a rocking album. I mean, it rocks the, the whole fucking time. It's a very you know, underrated album. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we, so we, I, you you know, it gets yeah. worse from there. I was just going to say, like, I, I didn't, you, you mentioned the Bridges to Babylon album. I don't, I can't tell you that I've ever heard that or yeah. Steel Wheels. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, you hear the like, one hit to the body, you know, and I mean, you <laughs> know, the disc, so I always kind of, Everybody tolerates that when they play it live, <laughs> but I mean, I just I don't, I don't really anything. How after, long did, how like, long did they go live when they they were they were known for doing long? I never got to see them yet, and but how long would they do a live show? They'd go longer than two hours, right? Oh, much longer. I, I worked. I worked four tours of this. Wow. You know, starting with I did. Um, I started with Steel Wheels. I did Bridges to Babylon, Voodoo Lounge, and I think I'm missing one in there. You know, 
there was there was a there was another one that I, that I I, I I'm, I'm blanking work? on. No, no, no. I don't. I don't. Re- just I don't remember. Just a Voodoo Lounge. Was it the Forty Licks tour? I don't. I don't, I don't know. But I just. I, I just remember. You know. We. You know. Anywhere we played, it was always like a big venue. It was always going to be either like you know Shea Stadium, Giant Stadium. You know, if we're playing in New York, Madison Square Garden, and there was never an intermission, and I'm the show would go close to three hours. I mean, they were doing Damn. pretty much about thirty songs on um, on on a set list, including just about you know everything you really want to hear. And they always, always had the best opening acts because I remember you uh, on some one tour. We, it was uh, Steel Wheels had uh, Living Color. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, Counting Crows, I think. The Foo Fighters, Foo Fighters was, was wow. one of them. Counting Crow was the Eagles. I'm not. I don't remember. I'm. 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 I'm I saw the Pretenders open for the Stones at the Garden, and um, that's a great double bill. John McEnroe came out and played bass with the Pretenders, which is still the weirdest musical like special guest I've ever seen in my life. Well, he has. He has a band. Yeah. But it's like usually the special guest is as good or better yeah, than the yeah. guy whose instrument he's playing. Yeah. It's not as well, weird as having Chappelle come out with the Foo Fighters. <laughs> <laughs> Doing creep. So That's so weird. Chappelle comes out with the Foo Fighters and does um, a Radiohead song. That's pretty weird. At least he's in show business, though. You know yeah. what I mean? He's not some fucking tennis player from the seventies. It's all Angry. the line. You know? Yeah, yeah. Angry motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. It you was know, in. Uh, it was the, in. <laughs> I saw the chalk literally flew up. I saw uh, <laughs> the uh, what do you call it? Uh, the Stones in two thousand five. They had some comic open for them. Really? Who I felt yeah, a great uh, deal of Ken sympathy Krentz. for. Right, I think it was Ken Crane who opened for. Them. Yeah, yeah. That explains what I'm doing here with yeah. you guys. <laughs> That explains you headlining at the stress factor on a Thursday and not making the draft this week. Ooh. Your four tours, four tours you've been with the Stone. We should all just be questioning you, Jeff. I mean, like, yeah. goddamn, that is just a huge amount of fucking exposure to the Stones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I, I used to have to do is when the um, Jagger would warm up sometimes by like jogging. And so I, I would have to go running with him, you know? Uh, this is when I was obviously in, in much better shape. So, you know, picture if like in this box, you know, Mick would be kind of in the middle and there'd be like uh, four of us like around him. So, so no one would bother him just so we can kind of get loose. And this would be like underneath the stadium. I remember this would be underneath um, a giant stadium that we did this. And then when the, I think it had to be bridges to Babylon. Ken, that was the one when it had the two staircases going up, right? Yeah. Okay. So, at Giant Stadium, on, on on most of the shows, me and my brother were actually on the stage with them, wearing these type of stone shirts and just sitting on the stage right in front of those staircases. That's wild. Oh. So, like, why, you know, why were you there? I mean, what was the? Why would you be on stage? Because that's what they wanted. 
I'll tell you a great story. I mean, they, first of all, they, <laughs> they were like, we're not going on unless fucking Jeff Paul comes out. <laughs> Jeff Paul yeah. has to sit on the stage. <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen, chair. make some noise. Let's get him out here. Jeff Paul. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way we want it. <laughs> and then we'll open up with the hackiest line ever. Yeah. <laughs> that, really, that way they really hate me and really love the Stones. How the about Stones a hand for those troops and, and now the Stones? <laughs> yeah. 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 Give it up for the Beatles, everybody. <laughs> Don't forget to take care of your waitress. <laughs> the stones would be like coming in from like another city, right? So like I'd be I'd be the there like the, the city ahead. So one time uh there they were coming in, I think from I think Philly or or Boston. I think it was Boston. And it was it was hot, hot summer day, like really fucking hot. And I had to go uh into the city and it was at actually at the Trump Hotel. Uh, to meet like their head uh, security guy. And, you know, I, I go there and I'm wearing a jacket and a tie, you know, because you know, always want to make a good impression with these guys. And he was like, hey, look, he goes, they say they're coming in today, but they're definitely not coming in today. Okay. He's like, you know, he goes like, go home, enjoy the day on us, you know, go in your pools, ha- have a good time. He goes, I'll call you you know, when they're, when they're going to come in, like when I know for sure they're going to be in New York, that way you can come meet us. But, you know, but they took care of like my pay. They uh, reimbursed me for my gas and tolls going in. Like they were really a class organization to work with. And their people were amazing. That's why the tickets cost 375 bucks. <laughs> and that's the they had to make sure you had gas money, you fuck. <laughs> Listen, they, they had to make sure I had a t-shirt to wear on stage. I had to make sure I had a parking oh, spot. You know, if Jeff Paul isn't there, how could the show go on? That's true. Right? Yeah. yeah. So well, let me ask you guys writer, this. I'm sure. Where does where does Charlie uh, Watts rank in the lexicon of uh, drummers? Because uh, according to Rolling Stone, uh, he is ranked 12th out of the 100 top drummers of all time. I, I was going to say like somewhere around 48, you know what I mean? I didn't think it was going to be that fucking uh, up there, but I guess maybe uh, I don't know much about uh, drummers then. I, so I, I, I mean, Mickey yeah. Blends, I put it way up there, you know, from There's the monkeys. So uh, yeah, but, <laughs> I mean, he was a maniac yes. on the drums. I think he's, right. I think he's one of the best that ever did it. I mean, look at listen to those songs. I, mm-hmm. I mean, the no, who's got a who's got a catalog like Charlie Watts? These no, so those songs are all years. I, I mean, just hundreds of great songs. You know, yeah, somebody, yeah, way too many. Our, one of our listeners uh, hit me up uh, and asked me, you know. Where does he rank? Is he top 10? And I, the, my first reaction, I always think your first reaction is your, is your most honest and true. I thought he was top 20 of all time. You know, he was like, again, we, we, we already talked about how he wasn't flashy. He wasn't Neil Pert, you know, with the precision and, and, and the mega drum kit. And he isn't like Tommy Lee with the over the top antics. But he, you know, like I don't know if it was Bob or Pat. One of you guys said it before. He was like Ringo Starr. He kept the beat. He kept the machine going. And people don't realize how important that is to a band. Well, yeah, and and I would say that, like, in terms of like his flash or style or or like, uh, I mean, like what he's actually capable of doing. You know, I mean, we pretty much know what John Bonham could do. We know what uh, you know. Keith, we we may never really know exactly what Charlie Watts could do. He never looked like he was breaking a sweat. 
And so if you evaluate a drummer in terms of like overall impact, you know, and, and like the way, I mean, the endurance, you know, I mean, like, uh, it's a band that, you know, the Brian Jones couldn't handle being in, you know, Mick Taylor couldn't handle being in, uh, you know, and he stuck it out for 60 years, you know, that that's just a guy who like, from my understanding, like there was somebody who had a beat there, what they were playing it a certain way. And instead of, you know, he, he was completely fine with just like, go ahead. You know I mean? He didn't have an ego. I mean, he's got to me kind of like the 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 best of all uh, in, in regards to that. You know, I mean, like I, as as far as actual playing goes, I'm not really a drummer or anything or a musician, but you know, I know that uh, that he had a lot of impact. I th- I think every band needs uh, a guy like that. At least it, you know, bands are going to be around for a while and going to be successful. Like you take a band like uh, Aerosmith, and like you know, the, the the two guys who everybody's drawn to is Tyler and Perry. But you forget about like uh, uh, Hamilton and, um, uh, and 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 Kramer, you know, who just was just like just just so steady and so good at what they did, and just didn't like didn't need all the attention yeah. because you knew the attention was always going to go to to the uh, Tyler, and you know, and you don't get jealous about that. You need guys who are going to be like the beta, right? Yeah, it's sort of like yeah, Queen, like when you talk about Queen, like you know what I mean, like everybody, Freddie Mercury. You know what I mean? And Brian May, everybody looked at, you know, I mean, and even Roger. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But John did it for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. There's something so cool about him just being like this dapper suited up dude mm-hmm. too in this in this band of fucking misfits. Yeah, we're like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, I read a cool thing that, where yeah. where um I read a couple cool things. One, he would, someone was interviewing him and asked him how he avoided all the trappings of being a rock star. And he said, well, I'm not a rock star, so it's easy. That's cool. Which I, I thought, because if, if that was me, I would never shut the fuck up about how I was a rock star. <laughs> yes. yeah. And then I also read something where um, he would track down all of these famous drum kits. Like if a famous Elvis song uh had been recorded and he and he found that the drum kit was still out there somewhere he would buy them not even like as a collector to 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 show in his home he would buy them and store them in a warehouse he claims to have never seen them but he said he just couldn't stand knowing that these drums were out there in the world and that they might fall into like a state of disrepair and he wanted he wanted just to preserve them and 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 then he could sleep at night knowing that they were cared for. But it, he never he claims he never even saw like he never even visited the warehouse where they were stashed. That's the guy who loves drums. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he you also mentioned how he was like a dapper guy. And, you know, one of the things that everyone talked about when you when you read the different tributes that came in, Elton John in particular, you know, he, he applauded him the way he, he played, but he really seemed to go out of his way about uh, how he dressed. And then, like, I looked into this and in 2006, he was uh, inducted into the Vanity Fair Hall of Fame as uh, on the best dress list. So he was he was considered one of the best dressed men in the world. That's coming from a guy that dressed like Donald Duck. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Elton John, yeah. Yeah, he didn't always. You notice Elton John got more hair as he got older. Sometimes. His heroines was he was got like the Benjamin Buttons of heads. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how. And here's something about Elton John. I don't know if you guys know, but you know he's a faggot. 
No. No, no, I didn't hear that. Are you serious? Sucks. Sucks dick. Yeah, yeah no, I'm just that good of an acting. Yeah, we all know. Uh-uh. <laughs> so that's how he got the job. Whatever. <laughs> I like, you know what? You were asking about songs. I just, I forgot about one. The beginning of Hang Fire. I love the way yes. that fucking song. Oh, yeah. Great one. Yeah. yeah. Slave. Yeah, that's a great song. Slave. Slave off yeah. a tattoo. 24 hours a day. Yeah. yeah. That's a great song. Oh, that's, that's the best. It's so grimy. Tattoo. You've yeah, got that fast side and slow side. Yeah, he also he also wasn't like a your typical rocker, you know. It's like in a band, like I think if any one of us were like in a band of that magnitude, you know, we'd either be dead. You know, yeah. I know Bob would would be uh, dead. Pat, yeah. you'd, you'd yeah. also, you know, maybe me and Ken may make it. No, you know? no but, I wouldn't but we, make it past nineteen sixty four. Twelve months, absolutely. But between, but between like all the drugs and women and everything, you know, he, one thing about him, he was married to the same woman for over 50 years. People, I, that, some people like, can do that. Some people like Rudy Sarzo is like that. You know what I mean? The nicest guy in the world. You would not know that he is a rock star hanging out with him. He's just a, he loves his wife. He doesn't he doesn't party. He loves rock. You understand? He loves yeah. his wife. He doesn't. That's all you need. Some people, that's all you need. It's not an ego thing to these people where I got to. Oh, now that I'm famous, I'm going to fuck everything. You know what I mean? They're not those people. Because you just because just because you can. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a lot of it's just because yeah. you. But I think Keith Richards, the only I think being in the Rolling Stones is the only thing keeping him alive. True. You yeah. Know? yeah. I mean, like all that money, he can have his blood changed out anytime he needs to, you know, or like, hey, Bob, yeah, it's the kind of money that- where you go. Go ahead. Did you know that uh, Keith Richards is married to a Staten Island girl? Really? Yeah, Patty Hanson. Oh shit! Yeah. yeah. Okay. That was a yeah. Okay. Uh, you see, I have no memory. Uh, uh, I fucking did a lot of drugs in my life, but yeah, yeah. I re- now I remember that. that I, yeah, he's uh, still married to. Her. I went to high school with her, her sister. What years was this? This was around when I lived there. I, this had to be around eighty or somewhere it was around eighties. That's exactly early eighties. Yeah. Because yeah, now I remember the story, and I'm like, holy shit. Because yeah, it, it's amazing, and they're they're still what they were still together. They're still together. Yeah, yeah, that is fucking yeah. insane. Which which is which is pretty cool, you know, when, when you think about who Keith Richards is and everything that what you know that what that guy's life must have mm-hmm. been like. That he found like this unbelievable model, but you to, need you know, to just ground them. That's what you need. You need the person to ground you. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Oh, she's a model or whatever. It's what she does when you don't see them, when you don't see them out and that stuff, what she does to him mentally to make him a fucking a better person. People, you know, people need somebody in their life to guide them, to tell them when they're wrong, you know, and that's the big thing, because most people when you're when you have any kind of fame, people are going to tell you, oh, that's OK. Or, oh, yeah, you fucked my daughter. Oh, that's fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> but some people have to take you to the side and go, you can't do this shit. You know, you're and right. Your wife will always tell you it's wrong to fuck your daughter. Well, that's daughter. True. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> almost nine out of ten times. Yeah. Most women. Then you mm-hmm. find that one. Yeah, that's what it is. You need someone to keep that's every everybody that's in a business, a lot of, you know, like something like this. They're with a good woman that have their shit together. And it's a fact, you know, because otherwise you're a maniac. You know what I mean? When you when you can say, hey, I'm single, I'm going to fuck everything. That's a fucking great thing to say and do. And drink and do drugs. I mean, fuck. 
Why would you want to die? You'd want to live to be 80 and fucking be doing this. Like getting pussy in fucking yeah. St. Louis when you're 80? Get the fuck out of here. When Patty, <laughs> when Patty was in St. Louis when you're 80. Just think about it. Chuck Berry can tell you all about that. <laughs> I think, didn't so, Chuck Berry once punch Keith Richards in the face? Yes. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Every, I think at one point in the Rolling Stones, everyone got punched in the face. Right? And yeah. That's what happens in life. That's how people yeah, get somebody along. Somebody gets on stage... Well, people don't get punched in the you know, face anymore. That's the problem with society. Exactly. People need to get punched in the face. You never learn a lesson until you got your ass kicked. Okay. We You'll never learn. The person next time, and all punch each other in the face, like oh, like reservoir dogs. I'll drive right now. How come Bob wants to punch somebody? No, you know why? Because I fucking get all ready to come in here, right? I get my little drink because I had the flu, not COVID. Uh huh. But and so. uh I get my drink and I leave my cigarettes in there. I'll be right back. I'm watching Pat smoke right in front of me. And I'm like, you motherfucker. Mm. That's Shut a lot up, of flavor you. I'm getting right now. It's, it's, it's a lot of cancer so in me. Let me go get this. Yeah. But, you know, another thing that, uh, 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 there's a quote that Charlie had once said, he said he was like a different type of a guy. He didn't need the, a rock star. He lived that life already. He said, I drank too much. I took uh, drugs, uh, but I stopped it all. He goes, it just didn't suit me. I'm really not like that. That's what he said in 2012. Yeah, that's that's an interesting group of dudes to surround yourself with if you're not in the drugs. There were a lot of interesting tributes that came in uh, for, you know, when when Charlie passed. And one... uh, uh, was Roger Daltrey from The Who. And he called Charlie the perfect gentleman and a sharp dresser. Um, Johnny Marr from The Smiths, Brian Adams, you know, both referred to Charlie as a real gentleman. Um, one, of the, one of the reoccurring things when you kept reading all these tributes that came out was everyone acknowledged what a great drummer he was, but everyone kept using the word gentleman. He was a great gentleman. That's a, that's a nice tribute. It is. It, it shows that like, he never tried to put the moves on him, you know, or, uh, you know, uh, get, get too handsy, you know, on a date with these, with these guys. But no, I mean, clearly anybody with that much money, you know, and, and, uh, has the opportunity to be one of the biggest assholes on the planet, you know? So it, it really says a lot about him. Yeah. Power makes you and that makes people an asshole. Not you, Pat. I'm just saying that people. I mean, yeah. Pat, Pat doesn't I mean, have any money, no. <laughs> but no, money, no, power. no, but I'm just saying like, it's, it's like it, uh, for someone it to be that even powerful, look like Pat has some... power in his house. Like he's doing <laughs> this in the car. Hey, are yeah. you in Louisiana? <laughs> I don't even have electricity. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you in New Orleans? Yeah. You, you I'd love to have one of those women like you're talking about that you like. You know, when they're around, you don't do anything. You know, wrong or whatever. Because mm-hmm. like when my girls around, I fucking can't do anything right. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but that's because you know what I mean. It depends on the uh, women will find anything that you do could be wrong. You know what I mean? But some overuse their power of that. You know what I mean? Because they're oh, they're yeah. basically witches. Basically, and they're they're evil and they will take you apart. And that's what I think she makes you a little paranoid when she's Did around. Something happened in the past, Bob. What? 
Yeah, he's, he's been with know. women before. He knows. No, I, I've been married four like fucking he, times. I know. I know I, women. No, I, I, I couldn't tell. They're good for like uh, they're good for like six years. It seems. You know what I mean? Then I get a new one. Well, yeah, you had some good women, man. Yeah, uh, I did. No, I fucking I'm had saying, a lot of good I mean, fucking women. You know, six, six years. That's a fucking uh, Jesus. I, uh, I I I had six months as kind of a fucking standard for a little while. But you know, these uh, a woman is like a, a soft, beautiful thing that you know but inside of every woman is just mm-hmm. a snapping fucking crocodile you know mm-hmm. trying to nip it at every bit of fucking i don't know like yeah. uh every bit of soul you have every, yeah. every you know your whole spirit you know they're, they're really they it's, it's like they're they're waiting for different good characteristics that you have to come to the water to get a drink you know exactly. so they can just like fucking <laughs> bite them right on the nose and drag yeah. them underwater they're adorable like you say I think that's why people were kind of like didn't one of the reasons why a lot of liberals really hated Trump because he he would be you know he would have like a new wife or a new girlfriend every I think every six years it seemed like you know he he traded him for a newer model kind of like a lease. But look, what are you going to do? Yeah, you're going to fucking get this one worked on? You're fucking kidding me? I get another one. And I like when people were like, he hated now. immigrants. And I'm like, yeah, because he kept marrying them. It makes sense. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> of course he hated them. <laughs> no wonder. <coughs> oh, shit, I'm still working on the COVID but, call. But, but not Charlie Watts. But not no. Charlie Watts. Charlie, yeah. Charlie Watts. Amazing. She, yeah. And the other one I can never figure out was um, uh, Yoko Ono. Hmm. You know, I, I, what did John see in her? She must have fucking gave the best head ever. And I'm telling she had to she must have ate his asshole. I have no idea. That's all what it he took. I look, man, Pe- you never fucking know. People people like to shit on her, but um she they clearly had something that worked. And uh she and she liked to great, shit on him. She he, she he wrote some great fucking music as a result. Oh, Yoko is my my favorite John Lennon song. Yeah, his solo stuff is excellent. I love John Lennon's solo yeah. stuff. People shit on it. And I I mean, my, my son played it for me one day. We sat down and listened to a ton of songs. And I was like, wow, he's really, he was really amazing. Because everybody goes, oh, Paul was the best. Uh, John was really good by himself. Do you, do you, you like know? Double Fantasy, Bob? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like it. Yeah, I mean, I would have loved to see what, he would have been doing later on, you know, uh, it's sad when you, when you, when you lose somebody, because, uh, you know, especially at 40 years old, you're like, Oh my God. I mean, look at, you know what I mean? We're in our what late forties now. And, uh, okay, we'll you, go with it. Yeah. But I'm saying, can you imagine that? Okay. 19 years. I've lived more 19 years longer than fucking John Lennon. And you know, that's fucking, that's wrong. <laughs> it's it's fucking you, you, you should you should have been shot outside of Dakota, not Lennon. <laughs> yeah, by a Chinese delivery guy, whatever he was. <laughs> he wasn't a Chinese I, delivery. My, I blame them for everything channel. now. I can't do comedy in fucking certain places. I got to have a fucking card to get in now. Well, Lennon died of COVID, so yeah. Yeah, that, <laughs> when they look back at it now, we see yeah, that he Yoko did. COVID. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he had COVID. But uh, all right, man. So. Listen, guys, I appreciate you coming on and, and, and mm. talking about Charlie White. Anything anybody want to add before we wrap this up? 
I'd like to hear like what, what what a couple of people's favorite Stones albums are. You know what I mean? I'm just curious, like what people are going to say. You know what I mean? I can, I don't have to give mine or whatever, but I'm like Bob, do you have any favorite Stones albums? No, I just have favorite uh, uh, Stone songs that I like. You know what I mean? Uh, what are your favorite ones? Uh, I like Street Fighting Man. Is like I said earlier. Uh, what was the other one? I was thinking of it before that. It's just fucking that uh it's almost like a song like street fighting man i was thinking of it before and i i couldn't can't fucking happy. remember no, well happy is another one it's fucking amazing that's an amazing song tumbling dice is up there no no there's so there's so there's so many songs like to see them live would have been like i'd like to see them live again uh because of the fact that i know they're going to be playing every song is great you know it sucks when you go when like uh like when you see a certain band and they do and you see him live and you're like, oh, my God, every song I knew. And it was fucking amazing. It's the greatest feeling in the world when you're at a concert like yeah. that. When you don't know, I seen Kiss in 76. I wasn't a fan of Kiss. I wanted to see fucking fire and fucking, you know, fucking big tongues and fucking shit like that and boots and fucking just the show. And that's what I enjoyed. I didn't know. All I knew was fucking uh, rock and roll all night and party all fucking day. That's all I fucking knew. But it was an amazing experience. And, and it brings you to go, hey, maybe I should listen to more of them. You know what I mean? Sometimes the show brings you in. Sometimes the music brings you in. To go I, yeah, the Stones have plenty of fucking great music, so that mm -hmm. you know every song. But but Ken, what what, what about you? I know you're gonna say like Bridges to Babylon is one of your favorite albums. Ex Exile's my favorite album by any. It's my favorite album on the planet. If if I was on a desert island, you told me I could bring one album, it would be Exile on Main Street, and I wouldn't even have to think about it. Can I ask a follow? Can I? Yeah. I'm sorry. Just a quick follow up on that because I really like that album too a lot. You know, and yeah. it's been up there for me in the same way. But did you get it right away? Did you? Did no. It, did it sound awesome to you right no, away? No, not right away. It didn't. I was, I was 14 or 15 when I discovered the Stones, and I, I went like, like neck deep. I just dove right into them and. Exile was the one was the first album that I bought of theirs that I put it on and I didn't get it and I put it off to the side and I was listening to Sticky Fingers and uh, Let It Bleed and I was listening to Tattoo You and it took me over the course of a few years I would keep all right let me give Exile another try and I think it took me having to like grow up and mature a little bit before I really got it. And then once I really got it, I became obsessed with it. Yeah. Let It Loose, my favorite song of all time by, by anybody. Mm. It's like the Stones doing cool. a gospel song. Yeah, it's great. What, did did what you if, get it right uh, away? I don't no, think I anybody did. The critics it. didn't. I don't think anybody I got it right away. I got it one song at a time. I didn't like any. I, there was a song "Turd on the Run," and that was. Yeah. I was like, I like that one song for some. You know, I got to where I kind of like that, and then you know how it is. You just let it play, and then you know, slowly, like song by song, it kind of all started making sense. I was like, yeah. "Fuck, this is great." And another song that that comes to mind where, where I think Charlie Watts really stood out was um, "None of Us Brought Up Painted Black." Oh yeah, that's great. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and I think it showed more of the power of him. I mean, that's that's a that's a heavy song too. 
I mean, like you could picture maybe someone like John Bonham, someone who played hard, you know, playing that, especially at the beginning, you know, after after those first uh, few chords, and then how, when the song uh, kicks in. But you know, Charlie's playing that real, real hard too. Um, so I, I think it showed a little bit of uh, his diversity, and like he didn't, you know, he was he was the ultimate confident guy where he didn't have to prove it on every single song and overplay. You know what their fastest song their fastest song is in, in, in terms of beats per minute? I, I happen to know what it is. Well, if I had to guess, I would say like respectable, maybe. Oh wow, that mm. is good stuff. Good guess. It's actually rip it up off of uh, Exile on Main Street. The second Was it rip it up? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, rip, rip this, this joint. joint. Rip this yeah. joint. Rip yeah. this joint, rather. Sorry, rip this joint. Got the title wrong. Yeah, that's like Chuck Berry on speed. <laughs> Yeah, it's a quick one. Goes I'm by, looking through their shit right really now quick. to find a song that I was talking about. Let me, let me, you guys keep talking. I'm going to find a song and then you're going to say, okay, I know what you mean now. Uh, He's going to come back to California. What would you say if you had to pick three Stone songs? Just three. What, what are you picking? Brown Sugar. Wow. Uh, Sympathy yeah, for the I love devil. that fucking song. I'm going to say Brown Sugar, Waiting on a Friend. That's such an underrated song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great one. And, uh, yeah, there, there's my slow one. And, uh, Jesus. Sympathy uh, for the Devil. You know what? I'll throw in uh, Walk Before They Make Me Run. Oh, that's so good. How about you, Ken? Uh, Let It Loose, my favorite song of all time on Exile. I'm a Keith Richards dude. Keith, I'm, I'm team Keith over mix, so I would go with um, maybe Happy is, is my favorite. That's the Keith. only song that he really does live. Nah, he always does. He always, he always does, does Happy. He does too, though. He does. It's actually in their contract now that Mick has to leave the stage when Keith does his two, like they used to, they used to sing harmony together on Keith songs. Like there's footage of Mick and Keith singing happy together from the 72 tour. But yeah. um, nowadays it's in the contract. Mick has to get the fuck off stage while Keith oh. sings his songs. So he like goes and changes costumes or whatever. And he and probably gets oxygen as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, if just I had to pick a th with Jeff Ball, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just me and him shooting his shit a little bit, you know, talking a little bit about uh, fancy. He, he um, goes backstage and jogs in place with Jeff. <laughs> Sometimes I go out like an Andy Kaufman type of thing. You own the, is it really Mick? And maybe it's me. Um, I, I'd, I say love... can't, I'd say, Can't you hear me knocking? Is my third. Gotcha. That's a killer song. Yeah. Hmm, that that's an interesting choice. You you went kind of deep. Yeah, um, you know what? It's like with with all. I mean, I feel like can't you hear me knocking and happy are pretty well known songs. Yeah, but I've heard all those greatest hits so many millions of times that I gravitate towards the other stuff now. What about like uh, Angie? I love that song. Yeah. I, I, I hate it. Really? I love yes. it. Sad. No, it's it, a great sad song. Yeah. Yes. It's one of their best. It's yeah. just like, like I got so many wild horses is one of the best yeah, songs yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. Great underrated song. Yeah. 
fucked. It's it's amazing. When you look at the catalog, it's fucking huge. It really is huge. It fucking hits. And that's why they had to play for as long as they did. Mm-hmm. You know, when, you know, in the concert, they couldn't do a two hour show. And they, they always had an opening to- act. They always had an opening yeah. act. Never seen them without an opening. Are act. You really? Always- wow. Well, they, oh, and they were, they were good about, like Jeff was saying earlier, about bringing up younger bands mm-hmm. and, and giving them a, a major shot. That's what needs to be done now, because we need rock and roll, man. We need Absolutely. this shit. There's, there's probably a small amount of bands that can do what's out there, what, what you know they have all done, that could be the next people. And all this other shit is out there that it's very hard, you know? But like, you know, like a lot of bands should do that because there is some talent out there. There well, definitely before, is talent. Before COVID, and it was supposed to happen this year and it's been pushed back to next year, um, Aerosmith was doing a, a 40th anniversary tour. And mm-hmm. the opening uh, act on the tour was Rival Sons, which, you know, is if you're if you know music, you know, Rival Sons has been around for about 12, 15 years and they're a phenomenal band. But like, you know, they don't get a lot of radio airplay and most people don't mm-hmm. really know who they are. Yeah, but somebody hit, on a, somebody hit me up with tr- them, with them. Uh, truthfully, uh, somebody hit me up and said, check them out. They sent me uh, an inbox. They just said, check out this band. Because the 2016 no. album, there's no reason why that album shouldn't have been bigger than it really is. Um, Rock, I rock's think- not rock's not like a major rock's become like jazz now, where it's almost mm-hmm. like a niche art exactly. form. Exactly. Exactly. It used to be mainstream and now it's it's more it, it's it's sad. It's sad. Rap, rap, out there. rap and hip hop to go. But but Ken, if you look at like the top grossing tours, they're all rock acts. Yeah. You know, and so going back to Bob's point is that you have some like you have like a, like Guns N' Roses is doing it right. I went to go see them uh, earlier in the month. They mm-hmm. played over at, at MetLife. They brought with them on their first tour, Mammoth, which is Eddie Van Halen's son Wolfie's band. Oh, yeah. And they are really great. They have about four songs yeah. Uh, yeah. that really, really it's about, stand it's about out. Time, it's about time that Wolfie Van Halen got a leg up, you know. He's doing he's doing it on his own, Pat. He, yeah, it's he not is like good. you know, he it's, it's not like he's doing it just because hey, you know, nepotism and you know he's he's Eddie's son. The kid can play. He he did play, you know, he 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 he'll play small club. He's, he, he's opening for uh Guns N' Roses. And but the thing is the songs are good. He's a good songwriter. It's in his blood. He's been around it his whole life. You know, he has a song that, that they open up with called Don't Back Down, which is just insanely good. Then, then there's a, another song called Distance, which is very, very heartfelt. So he has a bunch of really good, good stuff. And I think, you know, that's a guy who, you know, who could carry the torch into uh, mm-hmm. into the future for, for, for rock and roll. And he's not copying Van Halen. He's a mixture. You know, the band sounds a mixture of food fight is an stp yeah jacob dylan's really good too <laughs> you like the wallflowers do he had some good songs he oh. did i was just talking about him with my brother the other day like whatever right. happened to him how does that come up in conversation I think yeah, that yeah. one song that the only song of his that i know was on the radio and we were talking about it one headlight. 
But um, no, Julian no, Lennon. Julie, um, Julie oh, the one. Called, when you think you did, 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 you make me valorize. Sounds exactly like John Lennon. Yeah. What the oh, one that. Years ago, right? He wrote the song and probably oh, yeah, it's like from yeah. the 80s. Yeah. Don't when I'm missing you, oh, you're the make yeah. me cry, you know, something like that. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, that was it. But now he's an artist now, basically. Right. He's just a, a painter, I think. Right. He's like, yeah, he's like a photographer or something. It's something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And they just come out, piece- they have one hit and that's to pay the bills, you know, indefinitely. Because, yeah. you know, they know how much they get off that. And just to piss off Sean Morton, I'm going to throw this name out there as, as a band that could, that could carry the torch. Uh, Greta Van Fleet. Yeah. You guys like them? I do. I can't, I can't get in, no. Okay. People say that they are doing Zeppelin. They're fans of Zeppelin. They grew up with Zeppelin, right? Uh, the guy sounds like uh, fucking Robert Plant. But the whole thing is, is that uh, if you really listen to the songs, they're not even... You know what I mean? They're not the same shit. You can't say that they took or whatever. It, it, it's just that they they have the sound of a Zeppelin band. You know what I mean? So it sounds like, yeah, oh, they're just a copy. There's worse things you could say about a band than that exactly. they sound like Led Zeppelin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even and if they were ripping them off, if you're going to rip somebody of- off, rip off Zeppelin. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, that, and that's what you need, like a band like that. Like I was telling my son, I go, this is a this is a band you should be hitting up going, hey, let me open for you guys. You know what I mean? You need this is like because they came out and like they would they're the only band that stands out for rock and roll now. Truthfully, that's out there that that there's uh, there's a band called the Dirty Honey Band that's really, really good. It's it's funny. I never liked Motley Crue and they sound like Motley Crue and I love this band. Right. Oh, Dirty um, Honey. Dirty Honey Band. They're opening yeah. for the Black Crows now. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to see them in a couple of weeks. And that's what's good. You know, let me tell you something. What's good about Corona, what happened, what's good about Corona, a lot of band, a lot of people are going to come back on the road. You might see, you might see uh, like Zeppelin coming back with fucking different people. You know what I mean? But they're going to come. A lot of bands are going to, they want to get out again. They want to do what like they Toto. love. They missed it. What? I like Toto. Well, that, Toto, that, wouldn't that be Toto. awesome? Yeah, yeah but uh, <laughs> Robert Plant is actually going back out, but he's going back out with Alison Krauss. Uh, the, he's got a new album coming out, uh, I think, in October with her. And then they're going to, then they're supposed to tour in 2022. Wow. Uh, right you know what I'd be then. curious to see? You know how all these artists are selling their catalogs of music now? Yeah. Yes. I'd be curious to see what the Stones could fetch. Because no. that's got to be the single biggest one out there on the market, right? Dylan, that can get close to like a billion dollars, three hundred and thirty million dollars. Really? What? Yeah. Dylan, three thirty. Yeah. What? What are the Stones going to bring in? Stones could. I bet you could get close to a billion. What was the Beatles? What was the Beatles? They didn't sell. They didn't I sell the catalog. Didn't Mike. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson bought it. But the, but he had been, it for a while, been, but then McCartney got it back for, at some okay. point. Okay, good. But that's an interesting question. Why? Why would a band like the like the the, um, the Beach Boys, who I think have a great catalog, mm-hmm. they brought in a little a shade under I think two hundred. I think they brought in one hundred and eighty-five million dollars. Listen, these guys are all in like their late seventies, getting into the early eighties. You know, it's like, you know, what are you going to do? You know, it's like you might as well take the money now. You know, they distribute it amongst their family. They their families have generational wealth. They're never going to have to work again. Yeah, I mean, but the Stones already have that. 
You know, why? Yeah, why they- but it's, I'm sure Mick would trade it all for a couple more bucks, you know? Who is he, well, Gene Simmons? Yeah. yeah. I mean, kind of, right? <laughs> Isn't that sort of what the rap is on him? Really? I bet you that catalog could go for $750 million. I, 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 for some reason, I just don't see the Stones as a, as a as a group that would just like sell that out. I don't. I, I don't. I think there's still some integrity. They, they they're not Kiss. Yeah, Mike catalog goes every, for like everybody's doing bucks. it. <laughs> yeah. just did it. Like you said, the Beach Boys, Dylan, everybody's hopping on. Yeah. How did uh, Paul McCartney like Paul McCartney bought it back from him? That's how he had it. Like like Michael I, Jackson was joking and said, I'm gonna buy your catalog. And and Paul was like, Yeah, okay, Michael. Yeah, and he's laughing. And then he fucking bought it. That's what Paul said. And he's like, yeah. I thought he was fucking around with me, you know? And he, he goes, I I put him on with a song and he's like going, I like I'm gonna buy your stuff. And he kept saying that to Paul McCartney. And Paul thought it was a joke. And he bought it off him. He bought it from What's them. What's it really mean? If if you own the catalog, that means you make all the money off it whenever anybody licenses you it for control, a movie or some you shit like that. The music. Yeah. You can re-record it if you want. You, you, you do can, anything. Commercials, commercials. Everything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All like, that stuff. Wow. Like any Zeppelin song that you see in a movie or in a commercial mm-hmm. has to go through like all uh all, all three remaining uh parties. Um if 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 Pat Dixon just bought the Zeppelin catalog, you can control it. You can you can li- license it out to movies. You can yeah. sell it to any type of uh, uh, yeah. commercial you want. You can do anything you want. With and it. you yeah. can change that. You can change the name of the song. A whole lot of Pat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> change the name of the song. There's going to be a big Nike commercial. A whole lot of Pat. <laughs> Not a bad album, man. <laughs> that got some stuff up from that cold. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! There's another, uh, there's another new band out there. You know, a newer band that was you know, they were they were playing um, some some bigger rooms. You, you guys familiar with Ghost? No. Yeah, check out a song called Rats. Uh, it's a pretty interesting video as well. Um, they they were they were headlined. They were actually, I think, right before COVID was scheduled to to play Barclays. I got to answer you guys investigating new music. I just don't give a shit. I mean, like I, I, there's plenty of stuff to listen to. I I hardly ever get to anything new. So hats off, you know, you know what the weird thing is my son and his band, they're young. They're anywhere from 18 to 21. Right. They, you know, you would say, Oh God, what's the new music? And they're like, I don't know. They play the shit that was fucking, they're into shit from years ago. They know my son plays fucking, uh, uh, bass, like he listens to bass shit from bass players from the fifties. You know what I mean? Your son's yeah. an old soul, man. Yeah, he's yeah. You know, you 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 did something right there. Listen, Come guys, on, um, yeah. I'm getting a wrap up sign from um from Adam because we're on a different account here. Uh, a different people account. At home, yeah, you know that's why we had to had to re log in under a different one. So, we did. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the people at home don't know this, but that's what happened behind the scenes. But um, we, listen, we, we could do another one of these talking about new music and the direction that music is going in. But uh, listen, I really appreciate you guys taking the time out, talking Charlie mm-hmm. Watts, talking Stones, talking music. You know, you guys are, are all awesome dudes, and uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks for asking yeah, me. Thanks for having me. Anytime, man. Yeah. Yeah. And folks, man, listen, we, we got some great guests coming up. 
We have, uh, oh man, who do we have uh, coming up? Then? I think next week we have um, Ripper Owens uh, coming on. I think we have uh, uh, Donnie Most. Guys, remember Don Most from Happy Days? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Rob I used to jerk off to him when I was a kid. So, so, so please just say keep listening, keep subscribing, and keep sharing. And we'll catch you next time on Who's Your Band. Thank yeah. you very much, guys. Hey, this is a good show here. A good show here. Right here. This is a comedy show right here. This is a great show. I have to book this next year. I booked it. I booked it. I'm there. Okay, guys. <laughs> Take it. All right. Thanks. Thanks.